In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three, and One who has come in order to be our shepherd, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. A lot of you know that I enjoy a good April Fool's Day joke, and uh, one of the things that I uh, attempted to do, and wasn't able to actually do it, and it, it actually is hanging out there for me, and yeah, one of those unrequited jokes um, uh, was that I, I lived in a small town in Nebraska for a while, and if you know anything about small towns, the, um, the obituary section in a small town newspaper is a very important thing. Um, uh, you know, people talk about the people that died all the time. Um, and, and I was a bartender in town, and so I got to, you know, hear people talk about, you know, um, who showed up in the obituary and, and, and stuff like that. And I always thought that it would be fun that uh, some April Fools, if, if after I moved out of Seward, Nebraska, that I would send in my own obituary. Yeah, yeah, Jay died, and I could find some fun way to die, and, and whatever. And, and I never did it, because uh, there was just too much work involved. Um, uh, and uh, too much work, and I was always afraid that it wouldn't show up actually on April 1st, and then uh, the whole joke would be ruined. Um, uh, but, the, you know, the, there's something interesting about obituaries. Um, uh, obituaries, if you, if you go, you know, Tallahassee, uh, the, the Tallahassee Democrats still... Um, uh, still has obituaries. You can go in and read them. But they're interesting things. They're kind of the summation of people's lives. Um, And, uh, you know, as you start reading through them, you you start going, oh, you know, it's kind of interesting what this person um, uh, was a part of, what they did. And and mostly, if you read obituaries, you'll run into a few sort of common things that are uh, in in the obituary. You will find... um, uh, mostly stuff about their vocation, stuff about you know what they did, about where they went to school, about what kinds of um, uh, what kind of degrees they earned, and stuff like that. You'll also find out about their family vocations. You'll find out you know if they had any children and grandchildren, great grandchildren, whatever. Um, and, and yet, the things that you won't find in an obituary oftentimes has to do with that question that I asked you at the beginning of service. Uh, that question of well, what were they trying to do? That, that question of like, well, okay, that's great. Um, you know, they had some kids and some grandkids. They went to school. Um, uh, you know, they had a job. Fantastic. But was that really what they were trying to do? Or was that just sort of outside? Was, was that, that, were those things really the things that they felt passionate about? Were those things really the things that they wanted to do? Or did they end their life feeling kind of like they were a failure? And if they did end their life feeling like a failure because they weren't able to accomplish the things that they were able to do, oftentimes they would be completely blinded to all of those things that were actually in their obituary. If, if they went through life and, and they said, okay, well, I was trying to do this, and they got all of these blessings along the way, well, they, they would kind of miss out on those, because those weren't the things that they were trying for. And it's interesting. We need a little bit of that in our lives, a little bit of that sense of, hey, I am trying to do this. Hey, I've got this sort of personal mission statement. If you walk past my office door, 
here at University of Lutheran, you'll find sort of, uh, you'll, you'll find my name on the door. You'll also find underneath there, you'll find a little sort of personal mission statement. And that drives me a little bit. That, that gets me to say, okay, this is what I'm trying to do with my life. This is what I'm trying to do with my ministry here. This is what I'm trying to do overall. And yet, is it okay or is it even good to have something like that in your, your obituary? I don't know. I haven't written one yet. <laughs> yet. Yeah, if you, if you find my obituary in the Tallahassee Democrat, by the way, you, you are okay to look at it skeptically and be like, oh, I'm not sure he's actually dead. <laughs> but at the end, at, at, in this reading that we have from Acts, we have sort of Paul giving a sort of obituary. In fact, in a lot of ways, it is an obituary. We know that pretty soon after Paul says these things to the people in Ephesus, he is going to leave and, well, the end of Acts is not that far away. And so we know that what Paul is saying here to the people in Ephesus is a farewell. We know that it's a goodbye. We know that what he's doing here is saying, okay, this is the end of my life. This is the capstone. This is the tombstone. This is the obituary of what I've been trying to do among you. And so he goes through that entire reading as he's trying to explain to the Ephesians, hey, this is what I was trying to do. And I wonder what kind of a moment that is for Paul. I wonder what kind of a because Paul always seems like he's, you know, very cocky and self-assured. But I also wonder if Paul is saying these things Maybe confessing a little bit. Maybe saying, hey, I was trying to do this, and maybe it didn't always come together. Hey, I was trying to do these things. And overall, this is how it came together. But there's, there's exceptions. And I think that that's one of the things that, that keeps us sometimes from saying, hey, this is what I'm trying to do with my life, is that sense of pressure. Because we know that if we go out and we say, hey, I am going to try to do this with my life, that all of a sudden, that means that we've put pressure on ourselves to say, okay, this is what I am trying to do with my vocation. This is what I'm trying to do with my life. This is what I'm trying to do with my parenting. This is what I'm trying to do with my job. This is what I'm trying to do with whatever it is that you are doing with your life. You can roll through those things saying, I'm not trying to do anything but get through. And in some ways, that's easier. Because if you just say, hey, I'm going to roll through this and I'm just going to try to get through, then you'll probably get through. But if you ramp it up a little bit more than that, that's when it gets kind of scary. But it also gets a little bit more interesting. It also gets a, a little bit more directed. It gets a little bit clearer. And all of a sudden you find yourself in a place where you're able to say, okay, I, I want to say yes to these things and I want to say no to those things. And, and that's what it's like to be a Christian, is to all of a sudden have this thing that is what we're trying to do with our lives. And yet, 
we don't have to come up with it necessarily on our own because that's where Jesus comes in. And that's, for Paul, where the Holy Spirit comes in. You know, think about how crazy of an experience this is for Paul when he says, hey, I feel constrained by the Holy Spirit and I'm going to go and the thing that is waiting me as the Holy Spirit is calling me is beatings. And you can understand if Paul is going, um, the Holy Spirit, are you sure? (laughs) And sometimes that's us too. You know, have you ever had that moment where you felt like, hey, this is actually a time where I could talk to this person about Jesus? You know, that's not all of the time, by the way. Um, Sometimes it's better to just stop and listen to the person rather than be like, hey, can I tell you about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? And wait for a moment where they're ready to listen. But sometimes we get in those moments where we recognize, hey, they're ready to listen. And we go, I don't know. (laughs) Because we hear the call of our shepherd and yet we're sheep. And I don't think Jesus uses that metaphor without knowing what sheep are like. Sheep are stubborn and kind of stupid. But he loves us anyway. He calls us anyway. And he says, Hear, hear my voice. Hear my call. And I think a lot of the times we, we don't hear his voice and we don't hear his call because we're listening to maybe that, those other things in our, our head that we say, well, Jesus, I would, but I'm trying to do this right now. And a lot of times Jesus is saying, well, you can do that too. We can do that along the way. But, but let's do this. Yeah, Jesus when you become a Christian, doesn't say, well, you have to leave your job now and uh, become a full-time minister or a monk or a nun or any of that. Jesus says, my call is a call that you can do while you're still being who you are. So it's not like when Jesus, our shepherd, calls us that he calls us and he says, now you must be a border collie. (laughs) Significantly smarter than sheep, by the way. No, he says, I'm going to call you, but I'm going to call you in your vocation. I'm going to call you in your vocation of being a mother, of being a father, of being a uh, professor, of, uh, in your vocation of being somebody who works for somebody else, somebody who is the boss of somebody else. I'm going to call you in all of those vocations that you have because my call transcends all of that. And here is my call. My call is simply this. Come to the Father. Experience true life. Experience what it means to be a sheep. And we do that in all of our vocations when we let him in. And so may you this week May you not turn away from the call of your shepherd. But rather, may you hear his call loud and clear from the cross in which 
He forgave all of your sins. May you follow him to the green pastures that he has purchased for you. Amen.